Ain't nobody listening to this shit. Welcome to the Beyond Our Service podcast, where two veterans with wives and kids pretend to know what they're doing in life. We look at the good, bad, and ugly and laugh our way through it all. So come join us as we go beyond our service. Listen, if you're listening to this right now and you are a State Farm agent, if you haven't heard of Coach P Consulting, you've been living under a freaking rock. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond Our Service. We are back. This is Steve-O and Brian. Uh, we took a solid three months off from the show. Brian, you alive? I am, man. It uh, it was a not it wasn't a planned break by any means, but uh, it was a holy crap. We're all so stinking busy break mm-hmm. that. Uh, and plus, we're not getting paid for this, so no, um, you know. But yeah, it was a it was a good break, uh, but I'm 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 glad to be back doing it. That's for sure. I'm glad to be back uh, letting people uh, laugh at me and or us. So, yeah, uh, I completely agree. I think um, we had a we had to take a break. Um, I kind of figured we'd probably take a little bit of a break in the summer. We did last year, but uh, this one was not. This one was a little longer than anticipated, which is totally okay. Uh, we did a. Uh, we did get a sponsor for the show in during the break, and that is who I want to talk to talk about right now uh and then we will reference them throughout the show but uh big shout out to coach p consulting uh he is our sponsor if you don't know who coach p is that is david peterson uh with coach p consulting and what this is this is a uh, look listen if you're listening to this right now and you are a state farm agent if you haven't heard of coach p consulting you've been living under a freaking rock this is the fastest growing study group in all of State Farm. We're talking uh, over half of the group has achieved either Chairman Circle and or President's Club. Uh, we've got um, trophy club winners. We've got some of the top agents in the country that step, step in and talk about what they're doing, what their teams are doing. You get to talk to their teams um, and listen to them. You basically get a front row seat of what David and his team are doing to be successful year in and year out. And then also David has done a fantastic job of bringing in uh, a bunch of different uh, speakers and content to keep it fresh. Um, biggest thing about this that I love, I personally use it uh, with my team. Uh, you've got uh, on-demand videos, so I'm not the best at managing my time. Sometimes I'm, we, miss a t- we miss a class, no problem at all. They're all recorded. It's all on-demand. You get access to that on the website. For no additional fee, it's just one monthly fee. There's no contract. I mean, I'm I'm telling you, if you haven't, if you are wanting to be successful, or just want somebody or something to be able to sit your team in and let them listen and get some, you know, some nuggets from some of the best team members in the country that are working under agents, um, you got to give Coach P Consulting a try. If you're interested, reach out to Coach P at coachpconsulting.com and sign up 
reach out to David. Tell him that you, uh, you've come from under the rock and I've shown you the way. You're welcome. Do it. All right. So thanks coach P for the, uh, sponsorship buddy. Um, I wish you your business all the best. Although I know you personally and I hate you also. (laughs) Um, you're, but yeah, man. So Brian, now that that's uh, out of the way, what, uh, Dude, it's been three months. It's June, July, and August. How's uh, right. how's the baby? How's life? What have you been doing? Uh, uh, are you still bald? Yes, I'm still bald, asshole. Okay. Um, that doesn't just go away. Still colorblind too. If you want to rub that in my face. Um, I think we've just we've we've decided and we've made it official here in this show that colorblindness is an advantage, not a disadvantage, sir. That is true. But you know, some people like to still you know poke fun that you know maybe I can't see blue or red or, or green or, or something as well as other people can. And it's really heartbreaking. Um, but for me, the baby is fine. Uh, she's been doing great, uh, growing good. Um, I think the last time we had her weight, she's like 15 pounds, something like that. Just a little chunkster. Um, nice. Yep. She's rolling over though. Strong as the Dickens, man. She's lifting her head up. I mean, she's awesome. So baby's doing great. Mama's doing good. Um, she's actually in Casper right now with her, her, her mom and her dad went, went and did a family trip. Cause I went up on the mountain for five days to go hunting, uh, unsuccessfully, uh, big heat wave came through all the elk shut up. And, uh, apparently when it gets really hot, elk do not want to have sex and, or they don't want to fight. So it makes it very difficult to, uh, to hunt elk, especially bow season when it's really hot. So we packed up and came out early um, I guess that was my lad. That was what uh, yesterday uh, we came out of the mountains. But uh, today or June was mostly work for me. Um, stay okay. busy at work, doing setting propane tanks and being Hank Hill. Um, Very nice. Yeah, work's been going good though, so uh, no complaints there. Uh, didn't do any trips or anything in June. Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. July hit more work once again uh did get some fishing in though had some had some friends of mine come in and we went and took them on some trips and did some fishing uh, yeah i saw some of those well. videos man yeah it seemed like you guys you guys killed it on as far as oh, i yeah. could tell yeah fishing was great this year the the water levels stayed good because we had a, a really wet spring um and not a brutally hot summer at least in the mountains not like this last week with this heat wave is the hottest we've been. Like it's insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude had, had them come in. We did some fishing. Um, I took uh, a couple guys that went with me last year. It was his birthday. So I took him on a trip, um, on like a Sunday. Um, me and Riley went out the day before that, my buddy Riley here in town, we went out and did some fishing and I bet you we put 15 to 20 fish in the boat between the both of us. And like, it was awesome. We, I mean, it was, they were eating dries and just, it was amazing. And then August, uh, I went fishing with huge fly fishermen on YouTube. If you want to take a look at I know. Well, I'm a famous, I'm YouTube famous, baby. Um, if you get a chance, go look up, uh, huge fly fishermen, look up rusty trombones and stupid dry flies. That's the one I'm in. And, uh, and, uh, uh, I'll get into that quick plug um mr ben siddig who is the huge fly fisherman actually semi co-hosted one of the episodes here on beyond our service um, yes, last year 
he, uh, me and him sat down and talked about camping with kids. And I believe the show is called um, How to Make Camping Not Suck with Children or something along Ooh. those lines. Um, I probably could have planned ahead and looked that up, but I didn't. Um, but Ben's a great dude, and his channel is a is fantastic. Uh, if you like sarcasm, you should check it out. If you like fishing, you should check it out. And if you like fly fishing, you, you should definitely check it out. If you like fly fishing and you haven't already found the channel, you're an idiot. And you've, you've been living under a rock. I want you to stop listening to this podcast and immediately just go listen. Divorce your wife and quit <laughs> quit everything just yeah. stop it yep uh, he uh i'll get into that story um so you went fishing with him because you overly paid for a fishing trip with him so i donated but, money uh to yep, yep, a yep. charity so <laughs> <laughs> slight difference um it was by accident yes uh i had maybe had a few beers i thought it was mm-hmm. um he was raising money for this. Um, basically, it was a silent auction, and you go online, and I bid the essentially the opening bid, and um, thinking it had three days, I'd probably lose. I don't really know why I thought that'd be still cool, and I just did it, and then I checked it like ten minutes before it closed, and I was the only bidder, <laughs> and uh, I won. So it was cool, but then I had to tell Renee that I won and I had also spent money um, accidentally on this fishing trip thing. So it was awesome. We made it a whole thing. We did a whole two week long trip going up to Colorado, staying South Colorado, meeting him fishing there and then going up to you guys and staying a week in Wyoming. So it was awesome. And you got to go fish with me. And then I got to fish with you when you were guiding and try it. That was awesome, and Renee caught some great browns. I caught some good ones, and we had a blast. So that money was well worth it because that was one of the catalysts of like, well, screw it. We got to make this – might as well just make this whole thing work in our favor. Yep, and uh, that's how I got hooked up with with Ben, our huge fly fisherman, was because of you throwing throwing my name out there and saying, hey, you should go fishing with my cousin. Mm -hmm. And – so he hooked, he hit me up. This was like a random, like two weeks before it actually happened. He was like, "Hey, we're going fly fishing and kind of." And I say kind of in my neck of the woods, but in Wyoming, like if something's three hours away, it's in like in your neck of the woods. Like mm-hmm. it ain't that far. Yeah, because you and live so, in a desert. Yeah, we live in the middle. Of, well, I don't live in a desert. I just live in the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah. I live in the mountains, man. It's not a desert. It's so a high, we high desert. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh i drove down three and a half hours and drove down on a friday night got got to where we were staying which was just like a little tract of land that his buddy bought that was the weirdest thing ever so the land is like they thought there was going to be a city built there and they laid out all the the roads and everything with like main street and first street and second street and literally, it's a just sagebrush field. What? Yeah, dude, I'm telling they you. They pave the roads? No, no, they're all dirt. Oh, okay. But they have, like, all the names, like, all the street signs up. And it was the weirdest thing ever. And, like, there's hardly any houses. These itty-bitty shacks is what I'd call them. They're called tiny um, homes now. Yeah. That's but, the PC I mean, version name for them. Oh, yeah. 
but uh God. a lot of campers like just but it was it was weird but we just stayed in the middle of, of a sagebrush field basically um i borrowed a tent from my wife's brother who he's you like don't oh, own dude, a tent i got one now but uh at the time no wow um, because we sold everything when we moved mm-hmm. which was dumb but anyway so he's like, no, <laughs> hold, on, borrow, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, stop it. it. Stop it. You sold your tent. You moved tents. from one city. Tents. Oh my God, your tents. Because you moved from <laughs> one city in Wyoming to another city in Wyoming. Why the hell would you be like, well, never going to use those bitches again and just toss I them? Don't, I, I didn't toss them. I sold them. But For like what, 20 bucks? Like 15, 20, yeah, something like that. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know nice. what I was thinking, okay? <laughs> can't pack it. Slight... Just can't do it. <laughs> Got to get rid of it. <laughs> no, you know what it was? You know what it was? Was we had just bought our camper. And mm. I was like, we'll never need these again because we got our camper. And then we had to sell it because we couldn't afford it anymore when I lost my job. So Dumbass. Yeah. You do it. It's like, it, that's like having a like sleeping. Did you sell your sleeping bags too? No. I've got, See, I've got you can always bag. use a sleeping bag. You could always use a tent. <laughs> Like just, I, Steven, God. I understand where you're going with this. All right, let it go. I God was retarded. Okay, was as yes, yeah. probably a mistake, but okay, yeah. go ahead. And so, um, went down there, and I Devin gave me this tent, and he's like, "Oh no, everything's there. It's pretty self-explanatory, dude. I've <laughs> set up a lot of tents in my time, a lot, like a lot of tents. Yeah, but you're in the Air Force, so." Yeah, it's true. Uh, I un- I unpacked this thing and like started like getting everything set aside, the poles out and everything. And like poles are bent, and like like <laughs> half of them are like broken half of like the little elastic thing that you can pull out and fold them over so they all stay oh, yeah. together. Yeah, yeah, they're they're like four of them are broke and just loose, like metal rods floating in all these uh, poles. I'd never seen a tent. I can't even explain to you the complex the complexity of this this tent. It baffled my mind. I was an engineer, Stephen, <laughs> and I wanted to drive a s- screwdriver through my head. It was just oh, it made my brain hurt. And I was looking at it. I couldn't figure it out. And at the time, like it was getting dark, the wind was blowing, and I was like, you know what? I'll just sleep in the back seat of my truck. Like, I'm done. So I packed it all up and threw it in the back of my truck, and I slept in the back seat of my truck. Nice. But first night, didn't get uh, a ton of sleep. Uh, tossing and turning, I brought my That's dog, uh, Mr. Finn. I took Finn with me. Nice. And uh, so Finn would bark every five seconds at the guys moving around outside or whatever and so not a whole lot of sleep first night didn't care though i was super excited to go fishing with ben like i was just i was thought he was gonna be great so yeah we we stopped by the local fly shop and this is how dumb of a fly fisherman and guide i was i really had never heard of ben until you had told me about him yeah and then he got in contact with me i started watching some of his videos and i didn't realize that when you're a fly fishing guy and you have like 80,000 followers that most fly fishermen know who you are. Yeah. That's the thing is, you know, like, you know, we have this, our, our podcast is so broad. Like 
it's a matter yeah. of months now and like the whole world will know who we are. Like we'll have millions of followers, but um, yeah. yeah, man, that's a pretty niche market. So having a, having, you know, almost a hundred thousand subscribers is, I mean, that's, he's got like 15, 20 or 30,000 on Instagram. Like it's a, it's a, he's a big deal in the fly fishing world. Right. Which I guess for my little closed mind, I was unaware of this and yeah. We go to the like local fly shop because he likes to support local fly shops. So go in and buy just some random flies and some stickers or whatever. Uh-huh. And like four people in that fly shop were like, huge. I suck at fly fishing. Like I was like, whoa, man. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I get to go fishing with him, I guess. You know, this is awesome. And uh, super good dude. Uh, we get on the river. Um, if you watch the video, so in Wyoming, game and fish require that you have three life preservers or PFDs in your boat. You don't have to wear them, but they just have to be in your boat. Mm-hmm. And I had grabbed three random life jackets, like old life jackets from my dad from his boat and just threw them in my boat because literally the Green River where I fish, if you fall out of the boat, just stand up. You're going to be fine. Right, like, right. There's, there's no need for like a throw rope and all this stuff, right? Well, the section that we floated has like class three rapids and you have to wear it while you're fishing until you get past a certain rapid, then you can take it off. Well, my dumbass had never actually put my life jackets on because I'd never <laughs> needed a reason to. Yeah, I kind of thought I had found going. out. <laughs> so what I have found out is I have two youth size <laughs> uh, life jackets in my boat. Yeah. And and for the listeners, 19- for people who can't see you or have never seen you, what are your dimensions? I have a 46 inch chest. Um, I have a 38 inch waist. I am six foot one and I weigh 230 pounds. So, so not youth sized. I am not a small human being. I'm not a monster, but I'm not small. Correct. And, I have, <laughs> I have a 1970s water ski jacket that my dad wore, who when my dad wore this, my dad's only like 5'11", maybe a buck 70 soaking wet, and maybe a 36-inch chest, 38-inch chest. He's yeah. not a big man. No. And so I put on the biggest one I have, and I cannot clasp it. I can't make it do the buckle thing in front. And I feel like a total retard floating down this river. <laughs> and I, I can just like, I even look back at Ben at one point and I was like, do I look stupid or does it look funny? And he's like, we'll just let the viewers decide. How about that? <laughs> I was like, yep, I look stupid, but I might've looked stupid, but I was catching a ton of fish. And yeah. so I really didn't care what I looked like. Um, me and Ben had a great day. So we had th- two other boats. So we had three, including mine. Um, one guy was a guide out of Montana and he brought his buddy who had literally, I think it was like his third time fly fishing. And he had his two other buddies who, one of them was the guy who owns the land that we stayed on. It was his birthday. And so that's kind of why everybody got together was for Bob's birthday. And, uh, it was Bob's and dibs in one boat. Sam and John in the other and me and Ben in my boat. And uh, needless to say, we threw meat all day. So we threw big streamers 
And yeah. that the reason the reason it's called rusty trombones and stupid dry flies is that's the fly we threw was a rusty trombone. It's a it's a streamer that I use up here that is like if nothing else is gonna work, it's gonna work. Like I love that fly. Okay. It's not a it's not a giant streamer. And I took my rods, um, I had my eight weight with sink tip, and I had my five weight, and I brought a four weight, but I don't know why. And uh never used it. But uh my eight mm, weight has sink love tip on my it. four weight. No, that's because you catch tiny fish. Um uh, but, no sir, I do not. It yeah, is do. just anyway. that awesome of a I just don't throw in trout. I don't uh, throw anything heavy. Yeah. Well, my eight weight has fish. has sink tip like mm-hmm. four hundred twenty yeah, yeah. gra- two eighty grain uh, sink tip. Like it's heavy, and uh, I, I whacked like the third or fourth cast I threw out, dude. Whacked like an eight sixteen inch brown. Like, it was awesome. Um, and the way I've always done it, and when I fish with buddies, is like you catch a fish, you row. Like you just go back and forth, fish and row, fish and row. But literally it was like the third cast. And I was like, dude, do you want up? And he's like, nah, keep going. That's too fast. And literally whacked four fish, bam, bam, bam. Got them in the boat. Like, and it was crazy because everyone down there, like all the guides, you could tell, like everyone was nymphing them. So they're throwing these big, these, these little itty bitty underwater bugs uh-huh. with like basically a bobber, right? Yeah. That when the bobber goes under, you set the hook. It's and- an indicator, sir. Uh, no, it's not. It's a freaking bobber. I don't care what you call it. How dare you? Can you hear that? Yeah, I heard that. What was that? I'm pulling up the uh, video of the YouTube um, video of uh, yours, Rusty Trombone and Stupid Dry Flies. Oh, gotcha. So, yeah, uh, a lot of people are throwing nips, and they're and these guys are just, you know, these guys are just floating these nips through these big, deep holes, and... I mean, they're catching fish, but it's not like we were. We were throwing these big streamers that these fish don't see very often. Browns are super aggressive, and so they're just coming out and whacking this thing, and we were catching fish left and right. As Even as people had just went through, we'd go through the same hole and catch these big fish coming out of there, and it was That's awesome. That's always awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so I caught the biggest fish of the trip. Um, it's boy. The, yep. I got a 23-inch brownie, uh, and uh, – it was awesome. First day was great. Went back, had dinner, slept like a baby the second night because I was so stinking tired. Um, ben did great. He caught quite a few fish. Um, we didn't even throw dry flies that day because they were just hitting the streamer so well. Like, you don't quit when it's just that hot. I bet you we put 20 fish in the boat. Man. It was awesome. So I don't know, Ben. I'm not going to say, like, I, I, knew, I knew I know Ben super well. Um, I fished with him once. I've talked to him a few times, had him on the podcast. Uh, we've stayed in touch ish. And, um, and then we're both going on and our wives are going to Patagonia with Ben uh, in February of 2023. So that's going to be amazing. Um, the super pumped for that now, like ridiculously pumped. So I will say, um, that not only has Ben, as far as I can tell, unless he's like really hiding it really well, he's, it can very genuine. Um, the person you see on YouTube is the person that he is. Um, and he's, I, I've been around a lot of YouTube people. Um, of those of some were great and some are, uh, horrible humans. And so, um, really just one, but, uh, 
you know, they're, they're just so different. You know, this, this one in particular is very, very different when he is on camera than off camera. And he's just a totally, he's just a fake piece of shit to be very honest. Um, and we're not going to yeah. say names obviously, but he, uh, that's not been everything that I've seen on him. And then every, any of the time I've spent with him, um, which has not been a ton by any means. Uh, he's a good, he's a good dude. Oh, dude. He's so just when you're saying like, you don't like, he's not different. I honestly, when I was in the boat, I could not figure out if he was talking to the camera or to me. And like a couple times I was like answering him. He's like, ah, dude, that was for the camera. I'm like, ah, crap. Sorry, man. Like I, I could not differentiate yeah. Yeah. when he was talking to me or when he was talking to, uh, the camera i mean that's just how like i said he's just he is very genuine and uh he's he's amazing and uh the second i mean i fell in love with him we're gonna have a bromance like it's it's just the way it's gonna be yeah he's he's uh, he's, a, he's a yeah man totally he's he's yeah. worth he's solid um man crush material for sure oh yeah and uh second day rolls around we have uh quite a bit of overcast looks like it's going to pour rain on us all day it's what the, that's what the forecast is calling for so we all get in our rain gear and everything get the get in the boat and start floating uh through streamers to begin with but he really wanted to throw dry flies uh we got on some some risers didn't do any well on them caught a couple fish on the streamer it wasn't as hot and then the wind picked up really bad and we switched to hoppers and uh mm-hmm. if anyone doesn't know it's it's basically a grasshopper my favorite they're they're big giant foam flies that sit i mean you you can't miss them and when the fish take them it's awesome and uh dude i love started, i love i'm sorry to interrupt you i just love ooh. those things and i love the adams one uh or parachute oh, parachute ones parachute adams, they don't last as long not parachute adams the parachute um oh, oh uh, yeah like the more brittle looking ones, the brown ones or whatever. Yeah. They're not, I don't know yeah, what the hell they're made Yeah, they don't float where they're but Yeah, yeah they, but when they do and you put some floating on it, they don't last as long. But damn, man, I feel yeah, like they're, they're great. They're you so may yeah, proceed, we, sorry. No, you're good. Um, so yeah, caught, caught. Uh, he caught two on a hopper and then I, I missed one and then caught a nice fish on a hopper and that ended our day. Well, I wasn't going to end our day. <laughs> Excuse me. We, uh, we, the way fly fishing works is you you drop your boat in the water. What? And then you run, yeah, yeah. And then you run a <laughs> shuttle. You drive your boat, your truck, and trailer to where you're going to take out so that when you get down there, you're, you're, everything's there. You just load your boat and you go. Mm-hmm. Well, the section we floated was only like five and a half miles. And we got out. We got to the takeout at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. So there was another section below that was four miles. So we were like, dude. We'll just move the trucks and trailers down. We'll come back and we'll float the, another, the next section. We'll get off about five, six o'clock. This is my last day anyway. I'll get home around nine, 10 o'clock. It'll be perfect. Yeah. So I hop in my truck, start moving it. And the roads down there are mostly dirt and highly traveled. So they're washboardy as hell. <laughs> and I'm going slow. And all of a sudden, my trailer, like we're 200 yards from where we're going to stop. Mm-hmm. my trailer starts bouncing uncontrollably. I'm like, what the hell? So I slam on my brakes. What I think's happened is a rock has gotten in between my fender and my 
my tire is what I think happened. Right. Cause I go, I went to try to drive again. My, my tires were just sliding. So obviously something's locked up and I'm like, Oh, it's just a rock. And I hop out and the welds where my torsion axle attached to the frame have snapped. And now my torsion axle is broken basically and slammed my tires back into my fenders. And Jesus. luckily for, Oh dude, it was, it was horrible. Luckily, I had two 10,000-pound ratchet straps in the back of my truck, and was a, I was able to ratchet strap the frame back, the torsion axle back to the frame, and limp it back. We had, like, five guys stand on the trailer to try to make sure I had enough clearance and put an end to that fishing trip, which was, like, not the way I wanted it, wanted it to end. Sure. But at least, at least I was able to get my boat home and fix my trailer but holy crap, that sucked. Yeah, man, that sucks. Um, uh, what what did you end up doing with it now? Have you fixed it? Yeah, it's fixed. What I ended up doing was drilling um, drilling holes through that bracket that broke and through the frame and put like four and a half inch, uh, half inch bolts through mm-hmm. that sucker. And if it breaks now, my frame is broken. Like it's gotcha. But yeah, me and my buddy, he came over and helped me fix it and we jacked it up and we got the axle back right and all that stuff. And it ruined my two, it ruined my tires because it slammed it back in there and it bent one of my fenders and like, so it was a, it's about a $300 fix, which it could have been worse. I was going to say, that's not that bad for what it could have been. Yeah, it could have been way worse. Buying a new trailer Um, or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, no, that was, that was an awesome trip. It was fun to do. I'm glad I did it. Um, he said he's going to try to come up in October, and we're going to try to do a streamer video up here. Um, and then, nice. like you said, in February, we're going to Patagonia. Like, I am beyond stoked to go do that. Like, yeah. it's. But, yeah, that was, like, the highlight of my summer right there. And then we went antelope hunting. I got my antelope. Uh, Bree got her antelope with, the, with our bows. Um like I said earlier in the podcast, I just got back from elk hunting that turned out to be a, a bust because the heat wave that came through and, and shut all the elk up. Uh, but yeah, man, that was uh, sad to say, but you know, that's, it was a pretty cool trip. And that was like the, uh, highlight of my summer, man. That's awesome. No, man, I'm super jealous. I, uh, he told me y'all were going and, um, I was very, I was very happy for you. I was very jealous that I don't live anywhere near there. Um, so I can't like go fishing on a whim. I it's been a struggle down here and I may sell my boat, which I kind of thought I might end up doing anyway, but I'm probably going to at least, um, I'm probably going to put it up for sale and just see what happens. Um, because they're so hard to find. And then I think there's now a, for Clackercraft, there is now, I think a year long wait for a boat. Yeah. So because I have it, that was always kind of my fallback was like, yeah, I could probably just sell it for, I could, I'm going to at least get my money back if not make a little bit of money off of it. So I may post it anyway, but dude, down here, I mean, there's, there are some rivers, they're not super close to me, um, to go to in Texas. And then there's some really good rivers, but they are about eight hours away in, uh, Arkansas. Um, and then I've got, I think there's a few that are decent 
and uh, the Blue River, <coughs> which is in Oklahoma. So I've just got to get to do it. But the other thing is, you know, if you have a, it's a rowboat, you need another person to row it. Yep. And that makes a big difference. So, <clears throat> um, although I did see when I was in San Juan with the Fort with Fly Fishing Club in the beginning of August, there was a dude, it's a slow river, but there's a dude that's, um, he's an old man and he, he fishes by himself every day and he's in a clack really? craft. Yeah. He just, usually he doesn't even anchor, um, but he will, like he'll row in a position. He'll anchor right where he wants to be. He'll fish for a little bit and then he'll just pull anchor, drift down a little bit further, anchor. And he fishes, the guides were like, I mean, they all know who he was and they're like, yeah, he fishes here. He fishes like every day or every other day and he's, he's always by himself. And he, and he fishes a rowboat. And, again, that river's a little different. It's not, like, crazy rapid. But, dude, he just gets to where he wants to be, drops anchor, fishes for a time, and then moves on. He said dude, he freaking awesome. smashes it, too. He said he's, he's quite the stick. Um, that's cool. Yeah, so, I mean, you can do it. It's just, uh, and I need, I mean, right now I don't have time to do anything. But I have been slowly trying to recruit people into fly fishing and, um I have a business partner that I am recently went in with and we have a business and it is, well, he, it's really his business. I have a very small part of it. Um, but he just recently went to, he texted me the other day and he's like, Hey man, um, he's a little bit younger than me and he was in the army. And, uh, he's like, I just want to let you know that, um, I think I'm addicted to fly fishing. And I was, nice. like, I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, I'm in Colorado. He's up there for something somebody's wedding or something. I don't know. And he's like, I've spent the last like four days. We fly fished like twice. And he's like, and then I went and had to like, and he didn't go crazy, but he bought like a, like a whole rod reel. And he's like, and now we've been like walking these streams and hiking these mountains and fishing all over the place. Like, dude, this shit is unbelievable. And so then the other day he just texted me, I think it was two days ago. He's like, I just caught my first bass on a fly rod, which I'm like, you know, when you came down here and we did it, it was in a pond but dude, when you can get into some areas where you're like catching three, four, five pound bass, <clears throat> that right. is awesome. It is a very fun way to catch bass. And I mean, catching bass on top water is, I mean, catching any fish on top water is great. Bass are very aggressive. So they're always going to, they're usually going to hit it pretty hard. Um, and dude, when you have a five, six pound bass, suck that giant, you know, frog. The flies are so huge. I mean, they, it's just awesome. So, it's amazing to me how many people that fly fish. And then when I'm like, yeah, I fly fish in Texas, they're like, well, where do you catch the trout? I'm like, I don't catch trout. I mean, I'd have to. Right, right. I mean, there's some places that stock it, but it's there. You really got to like plan. It's got to be dead of winter. <clears throat> it's like, no, I just yep. catch bass. And they're like, really? Yes. Largemouth bass. It's still very fun. And it's way different because you got to have, a, I mean, it's almost like you're ocean fishing, saltwater fishing. Right. Because you're. You got to use eight weights usually. Um, you can get away with sixes and ponds, <clears throat> but then the rest of your stuff is, you know, your your flies are huge. We have our tippet. Like, you, we never go below zero. Um, right. And most people don't have a clue what we're talking about right now, but nope. tippet is basically the, 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 the end of the line that you're casting, and zero X is um, a very thick or fat or heavy line. And then when you go to, like, Colorado or Wyoming and you're trout fishing – you can use like even five or six X, which is crazy small, very thin Super diameter. Super hard to land fish. Create, yeah, and you're going to, you know, you can break off. You have to be really careful, and you're usually fishing really, really tiny stuff if you're using that small tippet. Yes. So, um, 
Yeah, man. It's, uh, I don't even know where I was going with that, but it, um, it's, it's awesome. I'm trying to recruit more people and get, uh, so we can go on some fishing trips and we need to, we need to do it. Yeah, we do. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's really cool. You're talking about your buddy that, that got into it. Like, it's really cool that like when you know somebody and there's something that you really enjoy and then they get hooked into it, like, that's awesome. Like, I love Mm -hmm. that like you get to see that excitement all over again and uh you kind of they you they realize how awesome it is that you already knew and it uh it's really cool to see that i like that i like when like even if it's hunting or you know uh, fishing or whatever it is but yeah that's pretty cool but yeah Yeah, i'm trying to get jake on the show and he'll come and talk about hunting but i mean he (laughs) took me that's where i I didn't grow up hunting and i you know he he took me on his lease. We have, a, I'm on his lease now. And, uh, and in Texas, um, for you Wyoming people, um, there's very little public land in Texas. So especially for hunting and stuff. So you basically have to get on like a club or get on something where you lease land from ranchers who own land and then you can hunt it. Um, yeah. you have a hunting lease. And so I joined his lease. He's been on it forever. And dude, I didn't grow up hunting and he, you know, took me out there when I got out of the army and I shot my first doe and the asshole left me there in a blind. And I was like, dude, I don't, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to be manly here. Like I really have no idea. And he's like, well, just don't shoot, don't shoot a buck, which was cause I'm not a member. I was like, Oh no, that I can figure out. And he's like, but then, right. you know, just make sure she's not too young. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. What, how do right. I know that it's a doe they, don't they all look the same? Does, he's like, does she wear like, like bows in her hair yeah i'm like well, too, he's like oh like, you know you can just she'll look she'll be bigger and she'll like her you can tell more in her neck and stuff i'm like dude none of that makes sense um right so i get i'm sitting there he leaves he's going hunting a different spot and a doe walks up and it's it's like it's not far because it's texas we're, we're hunting feeders so it's like maybe 150 yards away mm-hmm and so I'm like, all right, well, that looks like it. that's a doe. Okay, cool. I'm gonna. <laughs> of course, I didn't have I didn't have binoculars either. So I'm like, all right, well, let's just probably shoot that. And then as I'm about to shoot it, like the mom comes out. I was like, oh, that's bigger. I'm gonna shoot that right. one. I almost shot a baby. And then I shoot her, and it's a great shot, killer. And then uh, she's probably like maybe two, two and a half. Oh, like she's a super young small doe, and I had no idea. And I'm like. He, he finally has to tell me, and he's like, yeah, man, I mean, I probably wouldn't have shot her. She's too young. I'm like, well, that's your fault. That's your right, fault. Right, right. Damn it, you, you left, left me, here. me here. Son of a bitch. Yeah. It's not my fault. I didn't want yep. to kill the baby. Right. Um, At least I didn't kill the fawn. Exactly. I was pretty relieved. I was like, dude, I almost shot the fawn, like the little guy. Like, he just comes up I'm like, okay, cool. Looks like a looks like a deer to me. I'm going to kill it. That's right. But, yeah, it's cool, man. It's a cool thing to be able to share with, with buddies and you know, something about hunting and fishing anyway, just being out and it's cool doing it by yourself and it's very peaceful, but it's also really nice when you can kind of get away and do that stuff together. Um, Dude. So like when you're saying doing it by yourself, like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, I had the pressure this year. I've taken buddies before, but I've never taken like more than one. And so this year for elk hunting, I have, my wife has a tag. I have a tag. My buddy Jesse has a tag and my buddy Tyler has a tag. Mm-hmm. And I had Jesse and Tyler with me when we went up this past week. And there's a whole different like pressure put on you 
when it's your area, you invited them. Tyler's never killed an elk with a bow. Uh, Jesse hunted with me last year, so I wasn't too stressed about him. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. And uh, I, I had all this pressure that, like, if you're by yourself and you make a mistake or you didn't come at the elk the right way, he wins you, something, like, you're like, ah, whatever, my stupid fault, like, no factor. When you've got other people with you and the decision you make affects their hunt, mm-hmm. dude, you want to talk about some pressure, man. Like, and, and I, like, and they understood that weather was what was playing a huge factor in, uh, in this hunt. Sure but you're was. still like, I feel like you're like, man, I let these guys down. Like yeah. I was supposed like, I talked this area up. Like I talked up, man, we're going to kill elk. Like, you know, and, but it's just like fishing too, where you're like, well, you know, the fish were just off today, but when you're up there for five days and you're like, we haven't even gotten close to killing an elk because they're not doing what I need them to do. And it's, it's not my fault, but you feel like it is. And so this year was, it was, it was a little rough, um, but we still have plenty of time to get back out there. But yeah, I couldn't believe the amount of pressure I felt to have to produce you know what i mean yeah no i do and i so i've had the only thing i can come close to i mean i've taken lots i've taken people fishing who don't know how to fish or are very very you know they don't do it a lot and so i'll i mean even when i take them to the pond or whatever my old pond that i used to have at the old where i used to live the one you fished it's like i mean it's you're not gonna catch anything big but you should catch something and it even then it's just like ah, damn it's like you're trying to get them on uh, I had Mike and his now wife, Erica, they were visiting here a couple of years ago and I like paid money, took them to this place. That's like basically managed ponds and, and, and should be able to catch anything. Erica's never caught a bass ever. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to get you a bass. And we did not do the wind was insane. Oh no! And so like 30 mile an hour gusts wind. Oh. Like, yeah. Like, we're conventional fishing. We're not fly fishing. We're conventional, and we still can barely cast out like one ounce fucking spinner baits because the wind is just so insane. And so it's just you know, yes, I've had that, and it's crazy. And it, the worst I think I took my a friend out who's been on the show a long time ago is Casey. Um, we wanted to go out. It was his dad's uh, one year uh, anniversary that he had passed away, and so mm. we went out. I took him out. Uh, we went and played golf out in Jacksboro, which is a crazy, terrible, but awesome, like fun little course. And mm-hmm. like the kind of place you can go and play golf in your hunting camo and they don't care. Very cool. That nice. kind of place. Very yeah. laid back. So we played that morning and then um, we were going to go fishing and hunting and the weather kind of turned. So we didn't fish much. We didn't fish, but we, we hunted it and do the only thing he, he just wanted to kill a pig, just wanted to kill a hog. Luckily, Jake was like, look, I've got hogs coming into my feeder at my stand around this time pretty much almost every day for the last, like, three weeks. He's like, surely he can get something in. But, dude, when I left and dropped him off and went to a different blind, I was, like, praying, like, just just give him one. Like, he just just get him a freaking pig. And then, and he got one. It was awesome. He texted me. He's That's like, cool. got one down. And I'm like, yes. You know, like, I don't, yeah. I want to give two shits about what I was doing or if everything was going to show up in my place. I was just, it is, it's weird. It's, 
you know, everybody knows like hunting and fishing, you can't guarantee anything. You can't, there's so much you can't control, but. Yeah. The cool thing about Tyler this year was last year he hunt, he went hunting with me. Um, he, he made a mistake on his application and, and put in for a wrong area, ended up not drawing it. Thank goodness. Uh, but he bought a general tag and he came up here and hunted with me. And, and Tyler was, uh, <clears throat> he's 20, he's 28, about to be 30. I think tomorrow's his birthday, but, uh, he was 28 last year and he, uh, was, uh, he's a poor, he was a, he was a portly fellow. And, uh, mm-hmm. he, uh, the poor guy pushes himself so hard cause he's, he's a pastor of a church. Um, they just started this church. Uh, he's very ambitious. He goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. And he came up last year and I thought he'd be like super excited to, uh, to go hunting. And he just seemed like out of it. And I was like, what the heck? And he couldn't, his legs were burning. He was, he was out of shape. Um, <laughs> I couldn't take him a lot of places I wanted to go. Um, but he was like, yeah, like super rough. out of it. And then like after like the second day, he's like, dude, like I couldn't wake him up one morning, I think. And like, he just slept all day. The hell? And, but he had pushed himself so hard that when he got up here and he finally relaxed, his body just gave out and was like, I'm sleeping. And he basically yeah. slept on my sofa for like two days. And the more I look at him, I'm like, I'm glad he did. Like I gave him that refuge to be able to just relax and uh-huh. actually get some sleep this year, dude, he spent all last year in the gym training. He's lost 30 some odd pounds. Nice. Uh, he's been lifting weights. So he's lost inches more than pounds. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I took him up to my hunting spot, which is a gnarly climb. Like I do it. I used to do it twice a day, but I kind of got wise that I'll just stay up there all day. <laughs> Cause I don't want to, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to make that climb twice a day. Right. Cause it's, you start from the bottom, basically the river bottom and you go up to 9,000 feet. So it's about a, I would say a thousand foot vertical climb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, you do it, if you take your time, you can do it in about 45 minutes. Uh, but it's just everything straight uphill. Like there is no, yeah. that doesn't ever flatten out until you get on top, then it flattens out. And the problem is though, when it flattens out, you're like, Oh man, it feels so easy. So you just keep going and you can get back four or five miles. And then you're like, Oh crap. If I kill something back here, I got to pack it out. Like I'm going to bring it back a little bit here. But, uh, yeah, it was, this year was awesome and he kept up and he was right there and it was really cool to see him like be in much better shape. Hell yeah, like, man. Health- That's awesome. And health wise, like he was doing great, man. Like he's like his diet's changed and everything. And I was a little worried cause I kind of let myself go this, this winter and this summer because you know, the baby everything makes it hard everything's about quick and easy because you know you just want to get back to sleep or get some sleep and so but you know my body pulled through it does what it always does and goes oh you want to go hike mountains again let's go ahead and adapt and get you back in shape so yeah that's cool man um so we speaking of coming in shape or getting in shape so we i uh busted my hand and mm-hmm. or busted my finger, so I went five weeks uh, thinking that it wasn't uh, that it was broken, and then uh, turns out uh, it wasn't getting any better. So I finally went to a hand surgeon specialist guy, and he was like, 
uh, we did x-rays and stuff. And so we're sitting in there and he looks at it and he's looking at me and he's like, so what have you been told about your hand? And I was like, I mean, not really anything. And he's like, so who told you your finger was broken? And I was like, uh, nobody. I just assumed it was broken. And my other finger was swollen that was next to it and it got better. And so I just figured it was, you know, got worse. It was worse than that one. And he's like, okay. Um, and I didn't have a splint on, mind you, at this moment. And he's like, so have you been moving it? I was like, yeah. And he's like, have you been bending it? I go, yeah. Um, and he's like, why? <laughs> because uh, I didn't want my joint to freeze up. He's like, who told you it would do that? I said, um, nobody. And he's like, he like very dramatically like clicks on the iPad that shows my big x-ray. And he's like, your finger is not broken. Your joint is destroyed. And I was like, ah, okay. And he's like, you should have had surgery five weeks ago. And now you've had five weeks of it healing and nothing in your joint is in the right spot. Your finger is still partially dislocated. Uh, The bones were like way off. And I was like, ah, shit. And so he's like, if we, he's like, the soonest I can get you into surgery is another week. I'm assuming you want to do the surgery. If you don't do the surgery, you will never be able to bend your finger down again. Like you'll never make a fist. And I was like, uh, yeah, no, I guess let's do the surgery. And he's like, and honestly, because you're moving it and you've been moving it, your joint might be to the point where I can't really do anything for you. Like the surgery may not work. And I was like, oh, motherfucker. So way to go, Steven. I know. So I had surgery, uh, back on June, June 20th. And then, um, we ended up, so when I'm doing all this stuff, like he had to put a pin in it, there was a button on the top. I need to put, I need to try to put pictures up. So he tells me, he's like, yeah, we're going to put a button on it and just like keeps talking. And I'm just assuming this is like surgery terms. So I'm just like, nah, I don't care. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, cool. As long as you know what that is, uh, that's, that's neat. And then I get done, I get the surgery and I come back in five days later for the post-op surgery or to like inspect it. And Dude, there is a no bullshit, like, a shirt button that is sewn onto my finger. <laughs> like, on the top. And he essentially, it just, like, the uh, the bottom of my finger is, like, this big, like, triangle cut that he did and peeled all the skin back. And then he had to, like, move my tendon or something. I have no idea. But the pin and the tendon were held in place by the by a stitch that was connected to the button on the outside of my finger. And so he goes, you cannot get this wet. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, and luckily I was like, so what about sweating? Because mind you, it is June. Uh, those of you who didn't live in Texas, it was like 105,000 degrees in Texas <laughs> for like 60 straight days. We had 100 to 100. It was over like 105, I think, for like 25 or 30 straight days. We had heat indexes of 115. Like it was miserable. And it was, and he's like, so you can't sweat. And I'm like, well, what what the hell do you mean I can't sweat? He's like, listen, if you have a direct line, a stitch that will be from the outside of your finger to the center of your finger, if water or too much sweat gets down in there and then gets infected, you, we will have to amputate your finger. Oh. Because there's no way he's like it'll get bad enough to where that you're it'll just infect your bone and you'll have to amputate. And I was like, and he's like, and I've done it before, 
because people didn't believe me. So don't mess around. It can't get wet and it can't, you can't sweat. And I'm like, Oh my God. So I went the next six weeks in a goofy looking race thing, not allowed to run, not allowed to exercise at all. I couldn't mow. Renee had to mow the lawn at one point because I, it was too hot outside and I couldn't sit out there for an hour and mow. Right. Dude, it was miserable. So I, that's probably one of the most out of shape I've ever been in my life. I really wasn't able to lift a ton um, or really even like running hurt because my whole finger would shake and before I had oh. surgery. And so I basically went three months where I barely did anything like working out wise. And then I couldn't run. I couldn't do anything, no exercise for six weeks after surgery. And, um, it was, I felt like it's just a pile of shit. It's probably the worst I've ever looked. Not that that's, and it's probably the worst I've ever felt. Right. So when we got done, the point of all this is when we got done, or I finally got to where I could like work out again and I'm slowly getting back. I've been doing therapy and my shoulder, my finger's doing pretty good. I can make a fist and stuff, kind of make a fist. Um, I, there's some dads, some, all of our kids and stuff, some friends in our neighborhood. And I was like, Hey, I want to do a workout group of just old men. Okay. I was like, who wants in? I was like, I'm let's do, we're going to do stuff that we haven't done in forever. We're going to like do sprints and stuff like we did shit in like high school or football or military. Right. I don't give a crap. Like, we're just going to do some stuff. And it's like, and we need a baseline and then we're going to test again in six weeks and see how far we are. Right. Like, so we did a 40 yard dash. Okay. We did a standing broad jump. Nice. A the shuttle run where you run five yards one way, ten yards the other way, and then five back. Yep. And then we did a it's called an Illinois agility test, which okay. one of the guys brought to the table. Um, I am one of the youngest. I'm 35. The oldest is 46, and it has been. We are in our fourth week now, and it has been a freaking blast. That's Not, cool. We did each test twice on a Sunday evening and I almost threw up when we were done. <laughs> nice. That's how bad most of us haven't ran full speed for 40 straight yards in like 20 or 30 years. So right. it was pathetic. It was a very humbling experience for all of us. Yep. Uh, but dude, we've been, we basically just do like circuit style, whatever. And we do some sprints and stuff. And I come home pretty much every, we do it twice a week. Most everybody's lost like five to 10 pounds and Very cool. we're all, and I feel, I mean, everybody feels better and stuff and workouts aren't getting really any easier. We just, cause we're just making them harder, but, um, dude, it's been a blast. Um, dude, that's cool. Such a blast. Um, so from there I will talk about, uh, briefly my summer, um, my summer, I, Spent very little of it in Texas, thank God, because it was like one of the hottest we've had in a long time. Um, and it kind of saved me because I wasn't allowed to exercise or sweat. So I spent, we went and wanted to do a family trip with the kids. We went to Colorado, Southern Colorado. It's a place called Mean Caven is the camp. Um, it's just, it's about 10, uh, 10 to 11 hours away uh, drive. And so we drive there. It's, it's just, it's a private camp. Uh, you had to get like referred in. And so 
I got referred in last year. Fancy. Yeah, it's it's and it, but that that's the best part is it's not a fancy camp. The camp has been there since like 1905. Um, like three of the cabins are the original cabins. Like most of the cabins are like 75 to 80 years old. Um, it's only open in the summer because it freezes over in the in the winter. There's no. There's no TV, there's no internet, there's no nothing. There's one like main lodge that has Wi-Fi. And so like the kids, like there's just, we play card games at night. It's just a little spot. We go camp or we don't go camp. We go hike, we fish. There's a river that runs, the Conejos River runs um, through it. And so you can fish that or we go other places fish too. We did all kind of like alpine fishing, caught a great cutthroat. Everybody's fly fishing and just explore it's it's a blast so we did that for about five or six days came back we were home for a day and then me and Renee had to repack unpack repack ourselves unpack the kids repack them take them to my parents house and then we went to Europe we went to the England British Isles basically so England Scotland Ireland for two weeks well that's that doesn't sound like it sucked it did not suck, man. Um, that part, that like travel part kind of sucked. Um, we got there. We get to, it's through like, a, it's an incentive trip that we earned through my business. So we get there, we get to the airport. Everything's kind of like, it's it's all half the, like the travel plan, the tickets, all that stuff is done through a third party. So we get there and we're checking in and the dude, my dad put us in for a freaking update, a uh, an upgrade and it was going right. to expire. So he just applied it to us. He's allowed to give them away. It's through American Airlines. And so we did it all. And the guy that's at the check-in counter is like, he just took forever. And we're sitting there. And he finally is like, um, you know, as somebody, it shows that like they put in for an upgrade, but it's still waiting. And like, you didn't get it. So I'm like, okay, no, no problem. We'll just take our regular seats. You know, just we're running out of time. You know, we need to get through the security and get in. Right. And he's like, well, you don't have regular seats either. What? What do you mean I don't have regular seats? And he's, I was like, you know, what was the upgrade applied to? It was applied to tickets. So give me those tickets. I didn't get the upgrade. No big deal. And he's like, well, you can get the upgrade, but it's going to be $8,000 for the upgrade. <laughs> like, oh, uh, smokes. No, I don't want the upgrade. Just give me the regular seats. He's like, well, you don't have regular seats. So... That goes on for a while. He won't let me. I try to get him to talk to a manager. He sticks his finger at, up at me like to shush me. And he's like, this is not a manager's problem. And I was like, Whoa. Uh, sir, All right. <laughs> we are going to miss our flight. That is a manager's problem. What you're saying doesn't make sense. I got on the phone with a third party travel agency company. And they're like, what he is saying makes no sense. You did get the upgrade. Uh, it was finalized yesterday. I mean, she's like, she's like, I'm looking at your tickets, like in the system. They're right there. Like, why can wow. he not? What's going on? So we finally, like, another 45 minutes goes by. We've missed our flight. We can't get oh. to it. Uh, this is a flight to freaking London. So it's not like oh. there's connections or whatever, right? Like, so right. I'm sitting there. She books another one. It's this whole ordeal. Luckily, I keep, I kept my composure. Uh, and finally went over to another girl. There was nobody in line and the lines to check in. So I went over to another girl. I'm like, Hey, can you just help me? And she's, she kind of blows me off. So I go to the next person. I was like, can you help me? 
She's like, what would you like help with? And I said, look, I just need your help. Can you explain to me what happened to my tickets? I've already missed my flight. uh, So, and I'm trying to figure that out, but can you just look at it and tell me like why I couldn't get on the plane? Right. And she's like, okay. So she like, what's your confirmation number, whatever. And she looks at it, dude, she's looking at the computer and she just kind of stops and looks up like over her glasses at me and is like, why couldn't you get on the plane? And I was like, I don't know. I couldn't. He just said that. I don't know. Nothing he said made sense. He just said, she's like, well, I mean, um, okay. Hold on one second. So then she goes over to another girl, gets her over here, another older lady and more looks more experienced or at least just older and is like, uh, yeah, She's like, hey, you know, can you look? And they kind of talk a little bit, and she looks at it, and she just kind of looks back at me, and she's like, so what happened? <laughs> I'm like, motherfucker. Uh-huh. So I'm like, so this guy said there was like an upgrade, but nothing ever happened, nothing took it, and then we didn't get the upgrade. I said, okay, that's fine. Just give me the regular tickets, and he said that there were no tickets, that he didn't see him or something. And I was like, I don't really know. None of it makes sense. So then, uh, and I was like, and I tried to talk to a manager. He wouldn't get me a manager. Uh this entire time, mind you, he finally went to go get a manager and never, one never came out. So I'm like, okay, talking to this lady, by the grace of God, some other lady, the third lady walks by. As the two are talking and explaining about like what's going on, she like hears it and just stops and turns and looks at him and she's like, what's going on? And they were like, kind of showed her the screen and she was like, oh. Looks at me, he's like, she's like, sir, I used to work in resolution. Um, I'm going to fix this. And I'm like, okay. And so she goes to town. She's like super motivated. She's like, nope, let me call. I'm going to call the resolution team. She calls them. She's like platinum resolution, blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, I need someone right now. She gets them on the phone. She's like, nope, this is what happened. This is what happened. This happened. Uh, it's 100% our fault. He needs an upgrade and we got to get him on the 4:30 flight. And if I don't bet, I need to check his bags in the next five minutes or he's going to miss that flight. Cause on an international flight, your, your bags have to go in and remember this for Patagonia, your bags have to go be checked in an hour before your flight leaves. Okay. Got it. So if it doesn't, then you have essentially missed your flight cause you can't check your bags. So, uh. They're like, she's like, I got to get him in in the next five minutes, blah, blah, blah. So she, she's like, she's, she's like, sir, put some her on hold. She's like, she's super motivated. We're going to get to this thing. We screwed you. We screwed this thing up. I'm going to make it right. I'm like, God, thank you. Thank you so much. I will kiss you on the mouth. And so we, (laughs) dude, she gets us like first class and the lady, I guess all I hear is the one side. Right. And she's just like, I understand that those are the only two seats, but this is our mistake. Our agent screwed this up. Um, and I don't think they should have to suffer for that. Right. So then she just kind of looks at me and winks and I'm like, okay, sweet. So then we ended up getting first class, dude. I don't know if you understand or if you've ever been in the first class uh, on a plane that goes that far. Those seats lay down. Well, I know they made beds out of them. Like yes. I've, I've, seen, they, I've only seen it like on TV. Yes, the pods, like the whole pod. Like you have your own TV screen, like a legit big TV screen. You have all this, like you have a blanket, a pillow. Um, the bed lays all the way down. You have like a little wall thing that kind of stands up. So you have like your own little cubby that you like live in for the next you know, 12 hours of that flight. And you get all the food and alcohol you want. Um, it is, it was in, it was awesome. 
So of course I have all these other agents and stuff that are looking at me and they're like, how the hell are you in there? And I'm like, I didn't buy, I didn't pay for this. Uh, I, they screwed my flight up. So I ended up getting, get this for free. And they're like, that was awesome. So it started out really rough, but, uh, that helped. And then we get to London, man, had a great time. It was a cruise. So we just kind of bopped around. Not going to lie. Not a fan of cruises. Was not, not impressed at all. Um, it's very rushed. Even like the ones we got, like a stop would be, you know, we went to a bunch of different cities. We went to Belfast. Uh, I can't even tell you now. It was Belfast was the first stop. And then um, we were in Scotland and then we went down to um, England. Where's uh, Liverpool? So we went to Liverpool and then we went across to back to Scotland again. And I mean, it was awesome. It was great. Scotland's beautiful. Went to, or sorry, not Scotland again, Ireland. So then Ireland's amazing. Everything about it's cool. Um, it was hot. They had this deadly heat wave in Ireland. Oh no. Yeah, man. Deadly. Like they had every, there was like signs posting that it was coming. Um, the locals were all talking about it and it was on the radio at one point we heard it. And then we had like these billboards about this deadly heat wave caution. Um, and you know, we're like, it's all in Celsius. So I'm like, I don't really know what that means. And so right. finally someone's yeah. like, are you ready for the heat wave that's coming on Monday? And I'm like, mm. Dude, like, yeah, man, we that keep- was a sweet accent. Please do it for the rest of the podcast. That was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, <laughs> had a lot of practice. So I was like, yeah, um, I keep hearing about this heat. Like, so what, what, how hot is it going to be? And they're like, oh, it's going to be, dude, it was like, I don't even know, 20, 30 something degrees Celsius, 30, 28. Oh. And so I finally like, I'm like, okay, 28 degrees Celsius. I do the calculation on my phone. And I was like, I just looked at the dude. And I was like, so you're, it's 82 degrees. It's going to be 82 <laughs> degrees. And you guys are losing your fucking mind. Like, yep. Deadly, deadly heat wave is all over the place at 82 degrees. So that is when we figured out that Ireland people are like Californians. Right. They, they can't handle cold or hot. <laughs> dude they live it the coldest it gets the average temperature in the winter is like 40 degrees average temperature in the summer 60 degrees right like that's it and so it's like they can't do the cold like i'm like man you know these people must be like you know sub-zero temperatures in the winter and that's why 80 degrees is so hot no <laughs> it gets down to the 40s i'm like what the hell is wrong with you guys like this and then I'm, that's when we're like okay so we you know what it is right now where i'm from and they're like what and we're like 47 degrees celsius they're like holy (laughs) hell i'm like yes much hotter like every day it's 45 degrees celsius so this is fall weather for us right like i'm gonna be okay because they're dude they i mean they're very sweet they're very nice and they're just like are you guys doing okay i mean i hate that it's so hot here for you and like are you 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 know have enough water (laughs) guys you're gonna be okay It's, it's 80 degrees outside um but man, it was a great trip. We did that. We and then after the cruise was up for seven week seven days, we actually got off the cruise a little early. Again, wasn't super the food is okay. You don't get any time, like you don't get nightlife experience. You have no time to hang out where you're at. You get six to seven, eight hours, which by the time you get somewhere to like look at it, then the tour might be something. And we saw some cool castles and stuff, but like you gotta turn around and get your ass back to the boat. And so it's just it's a little weird, it's a little stressful. 
Um, I was going to say, I mean, it'd be stressful to try to like just rush and try to see everything you want to see or, you know, I guess being time constrained in somewhere you've never been before. Yes. Like would make it kind of crappy. Well, and the thing too is, you know, it's, it's perfect for people that are incredibly organized and plan everything out ahead of time and have everything planned to a T. I don't do that ever. Brian. So <laughs> either do I, that doesn't work for us. Like we kind of get off the boat or like the day before, like what city am I going to again? Where, where are we going? Liver, Liverpool. Okay. Uh, what do you guys want to do? What do you want to do at Liverpool? Uh, I don't know. We should, the, the Beatles are there, man. I'll give a shit about Beatles. What else do we want to do? Like you, we just kind of figured it out and then it, it does. It kind of sucks cause it's a little more stressful, but then we got off a little early, went to uh, stayed in Ireland a little longer, went to the cliffs of Moher. Um, spent the night there. That was, that place is just beautiful, unbelievably pretty. And I don't know if you saw on my, I think I put it on Instagram stuff. I'll put one of the photos on our, on beyond our service, but dude, you're the trail on the cliffs of Moore. Do you know what the cliffs of Moore is? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the trail, did you see my video? I did not. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to send it to you. Um, so the trail that you can go on that is free because it's a trail. Um, there are multiple places where you are less than a foot from the edge. Oh, good. And the edge is 300 feet above the ocean. Like, wow, you're dead. <laughs> like, right. you're not coming there's, back. There's no, from just that one. put your feet down and, and dive on in. If you fall off. Yeah, no, no, there's no coming back. So, let me see. Let's see this video. Uh, you have a shitty phone, so it may not work because you have a, oh, don't stop. have an iPhone. Um, but like, dude, it's it's stop. crazy. So super beautiful. Did that, and then uh, we went over and spent three nights in Dublin. That was also part of the trip. And then the best part, or not the best part, but then the nice part about it is Lauren, my little sister, lives in London. So right. We went to, uh, got to visit her, thankfully. My mom was very gracious to take care. So our kids aren't with us the entire time either, by the way. Um, they were back home. Dude, it was great. They, my mom's like, well, we were going to come home. She's like, well, you're not going to go see Lauren? I was like, well, no, I'm, I just don't have time. And she's like, well, why not? I was like, well, then somebody's going to have to watch the kids. I don't, you know, y'all are going to have to keep them for like three or four more days. And she's right. like, are you planning on being in England anytime soon? And I was like, no, no, I'm not. And she's like, okay, well then I think we can, uh, we can keep the kids for a couple extra days. Cause your sister lives there and right. you're going to be there. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. If you, if you're, I didn't really want to ask cause they've already taken care of them for basically 10 days. So I'm like, I don't really want I didn't want to push it. And, uh, so we did, man. It was awesome. We got to see Lauren. She lives in Richmond. Um, if you've watched Ted Lasso, we got to drink at, she lives like three minutes from the pub that's on Ted Lasso. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. So I got to go there and drink there. Not going to lie. Um, it's a real pub and the, and Ted Lasso is fake. What? I know. Yeah. Oh, that's the, just the pub doesn't even have a dartboard. No. Yeah. Have you seen Ted Lasso? Yes. Okay, so you know the epic episode of him like yeah. kicking that guy's Throwing ass. Dart, yeah. There's no dartboard. 
Oh my god! Right? I was like, I mean, I know this place is a, as a real business, and but come on, you couldn't just hang a dartboard up here just for the Americans, um, right? But it is. It's very obvious. So like, no, it's not really an English show. It's not about soccer, so they don't or football, so they don't really give a shit about it. Um, so we, if you walk in and you're like all starry eyed about like this <laughs> this pub, they're like, you American? <laughs> yeah. Yep. How'd you know? And they're like. Well, it's no problem. We'll take a picture. Take a picture over here. This is where the, the angle of the of the pub from the from the show. And we're like, yes, I would. Yeah, so right. they have like a little table. They have a you know Richmond Greyhounds. That's which is obviously is a fake football club, but they have like all that. It's signed by um, Jason Sudeikis and stuff. It's a cool little like kind of corner. Um, but they're not allowed to sell like they don't have any licensing, so they can't sell the merchandise. They can't sell anything that says Ted Lasso on it. So. Like, dude, you go there and it's, it has nothing, nothing Ted Lasso on it. Nobody has a clue. And so we, you know, some, one of the, it's one of the, cool, but it's disappointing too. Like you would think like a bar like that could capitalize on being kind of an like, iconic uh, place that people filmed and uh, kind of a mainstay of a, of a sitcom that's pretty big that you would think they could make some money off of it, but that. I guess not. No, it um, it was definitely a bit. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a letdown. It's still cool, and it is a nice pub. Like you, you can go to the pubs, and you. I mean, it's a really nice one. It's got plenty of room, and that's what's nuts, dude. Like in Eng- in Ireland, in Scotland, like man, they're so the place is so cool, and they're the pubs are amazing, and. That's the thing too about the crew. Like, dude, the the coolest or the funnest part about the everything we did was always at night. Like, everybody gets into like a pub the size of a closet, and they'll put <laughs> forty hundred people in that thing, and you are you just get used to it. Like, you get you just get used to being like smashed into someone else, and then like you're trying to be polite to get through. And really then, you know, eventually you're just like, all right, screw it. And you're not shoving people, but like you'd have to kind of force your way through and they're, you know, they're very nice. They don't care. But just like, dude, there's no way I'm going to get past you without rubbing my balls on you, on your ass. Right. Like I can't not touch you with my genitals. And <laughs> and so that's pretty much like everywhere you go. And I'm like, all right, whatever. I guess we're just, we're all family here. Um, so... It's a blast, dude. And they have like, dude, they had this guy, one of the places they had um, playing, uh, he was playing Johnny Cash songs. He was just a, just a guitarist. And he's just like, every pub has some kind of music, some kind of live music singer. And everyone knows every song. There's like all these Irish songs that everybody sings. Cause I recognize some from pub to pub. So right. I still had no idea the words, but I could still like sway back and forth and act like I knew the words while I'm drinking beer. Yeah. And then, I'm sitting there while this Johnny Cash guy and he had a cool voice and he's singing and this lady, this English lady is standing next to me and he gets kind of quiet and she's like, play friends in low places. What? Yeah. And I stopped and I looked at her and I was like, excuse me. And she's mm-hmm. like, uh, I just wanted to play friends in low places. I love, um, uh, Garth Brooks. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I love Garth Brooks. Right. And I love that song. And I didn't tell her, but I like at this point, like half of that pub was Americans <clears throat> and we were all oh, on the same gotcha. trip. 
So it got quiet. The next time it got kind of quiet, I screamed as loud as I could. I was like, play friends in low places. <laughs> and so she just kind of looked at me like, oh, my God. And then he's like, okay, yeah, well, cheers, mate. We'll play friends in low places. And she was like, oh, my God. Thank you so much. You're my favorite foreigner. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Uh, and then the entire, I mean, dude, like people from outside the streets that were married, like everybody just crammed in even tighter and just screamed to friends of low places as loud as they could with our that's pints awesome. of beer, dude. It was awesome. And that's just like, that's just how it is in every single pub, basically. Like any like halfway legit pub, they're all swaying back and forth. They're also, they don't have like, <laughs> they don't do like, I guess liquor liability is not a thing in um, England or Scotland or Ireland. Okay. Because you know what I mean by liquor liability? Like no alcohol outside the bar, right? Well, no. So they're, yes, they do that. So like these places get so crammed that you can, you just have to like mash your way up into the bar, order like two Guinnesses and then work your way back out. And you just stand outside because there's no room inside. And so you just sit there and drink like next to the door, but you just like, people just don't walk away. Like you don't take the glasses with you. You don't steal the shit. You just, you just drink outside. So there's just like a weird overflow, like out into the street of just people standing around drinking, which is awesome. And then, uh, but no, no, no. So liquor liability is like here in the United States, it's a pretty big deal. You have to have liquor liability insurance because you as the bar are liable. If you over serve someone, and then they get in a car and kill somebody. Oh, I got you. Yep. Like if you oh, if they're noticeably very drunk, you're supposed to cut them off. You're not supposed to continue to serve them. I don't think that shit exists in Ireland because, dude, there'd be people who can barely stand, and as long as they could pull that money out of their pocket, those motherfuckers got a pint. Oh, hell yeah. They're like, oh, yep, no beginners? Okay. And then the dude is just like, and then just walks out. Like, holy shit. I mean, I've never seen that many people like super drunk, like not, like can't keep their eyes open drunk. And it was, it was impressive, really. Um, It was impressive that they didn't fall down more. Um, Right. And they're all and they're walking like you know they give them this huge glass, you know, glass pint. I'm like, all right, well, good luck, sir. Don't uh, fall right. and smash glass all over everybody. Um, but man, it was it was a blast. Went and saw Lauren, hung out with her for three days, and then uh, came back. And then I went to because I'm kind of an idiot and over extend myself, and uh, went for just a short three day trip to the San Juan River uh, in New Mexico. With the Fort Worth Fly Fishing Club, did that. That was awesome. Caught the biggest rainbow I've ever caught, and I caught it on a 26, size 26 midge, which oh, wow. is mind-blowing. That, that Itty, bitty, teeny, tiny. Oh, my God. And on 6X, tip it. Um, thankfully, my four my four weight uh, did great. It was a good... That's awesome. I don't know. It, I don't, we didn't we didn't measure it, but it was it was chunky. It was. I don't know that it was 20 inches. It was close, um, and it was fat. And uh, it took me a solid like twenty minutes to get it in. Very um, cool, but it was nice, man. It was it was a blast. That place is really cool. If you've you know, I'd heard about it. I've never been, and it's definitely. I get why people always say like you should go to to the San Juan because you're just gonna, dude. I've never seen, especially up top towards the dam when you put in. Mm-hmm. I have never seen, and I haven't only been fly fishing for three years, but any fishing in general. 
uh, which I've fished my whole life, I've never seen that many big fish crammed right next to each other in such a tiny area. Because you can right. see straight through the water. And there, I'm not joking, like there is hundreds of 20-plus rainbows everywhere. Very cool. Like you're just floating over them. And you can't, like, you almost get distracted because you are fishing on a bobber and you're supposed to watch the bobber. But right. there's these massive fish. It's like you're floating over an aquarium. <laughs> and I, you know, have, may have ADHD. And I'm like, oh, my God, look at that one. Holy shit, look at that one, you know. And then the, the guide's like, set, set. I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot. Um, but it's, it's, it was, it's awesome. It's a cool little town and some, I guess they've got, some, they got a few big browns. I saw a dude uh, about trout. Have you, Ben's friend is, um, has a YouTube video or YouTube um, channel called about trout. He is a professional guide and a, and a badass and he fishes at the San Juan. So if you're looking at going to fish at the San Juan, I strongly suggest you use him. Every okay. guide said he's totally legit. He's awesome. And he's really good. Um, I'm drawing a blank on his freaking name right now. His channel is about trout. Um, Come on. Don't suck this up. Come on. You got it. You James, can think of his name. James Gerritsen is his name. And he is about trout and you can look him up and you can book him through, I think about trout, but James is awesome. We saw him. I mean, I saw him on the river both days and, um, he was his, one of his boats, I think it was the second day. One of his guys caught a 20, it had, it was, it was very close to 30 inch Brown. Um, it was, we pulled, we were floating by right as they netted it. And so like the guy lets out a huge, like, woo kind of thing. And, Man, he he picked that sucker out of the water and was like, "Holy shit, that's a big, that's a huge brown." Right. So it was. I think it was just shy. I think their their guess was like 28, 27, 28 inches, but it was monster. It was a monster. Um, it was awesome. So, um, that's pretty. That's that's pretty much it, man. Then I came home and had to go to work. Um, been gone. Was gone for a long time. So, um, that's. About all I've been doing now, working, and then kids are back in sports. So uh, gymnastics meets have started up, so we're in full swing of that. And Steven is now in select um, baseball. He has started 9U uh, kid pitch. Oh. Yep, they haven't played a game yet. Um, it was kind of a last-minute thing. So towards the end of the summer, his coach, so he was on, like, the all-star team. It was basically his rec team. And right. with like three people added to it. So, and the same coach and everything. So they, like some of those kids were going to age out of the eight U coach pitch. And they were beating everybody at the rec on the rec city team here in Hazlitt by 20 to 25 runs a game. And so Dang. we got to the all-stars and we played these teams. These cities around here have an all-star air quote, all-star team. Oh, gotcha. They I like stay the together. Right yeah. I did it first and then realized that nobody could see me. So, um, and the air quote all-star team is a rec team, but so they don't have to play in select tournaments. They can play in, um, these all-star tournaments against other cities, but they stay in play. All they do is play tournaments all year and they stay together as a team. So they're basically select, but they're not. And so we got the brakes beat off of us, uh, oh, in the no. first two tournaments and the two tournaments we did because, 
it wasn't that we weren't any better or that they were that much better than us. It was that we had, our boys had never faced adversity ever. We were never down. We were always so much better than the other team that like it never mattered. And so like we would have one bad inning and they, they just couldn't recover from that. And oh. they're just freaking out because they're going to lose or they, they, you know, they're like, Oh my God, we're losing. And that's just something they were. So he basically was like, look, I don't want to, I don't think we should go back into Hazlitt. Let's just do our own team. We'll basically just, there's a lot to learn. None of these boys have ever played kid pitch. Cause now like there's, you know, there's, you can steal bases. The catcher has to really, you know, play the kit, the pitcher. I mean, there's just, it's real baseball all the way. Right. So there's just so much more stuff for them to learn. So he's like, look, you know, calls me. He's like, Hey, I want Steven to play. Um, we're going to do maybe do a couple tournaments in the fall, but mainly just practice and get ready for the spring and we'll do more tournaments. Right. It'll be a little more competitive in the spring. And I was like, okay, you know, and, and my concern is Steven's seven. So Steven's going right. to turn eight in December He's by far the youngest on the on the team, and I'm like, look, man, he's the smallest on the team. Well, uh, there's one kid that's about his size, but it's like, I mean, he doesn't have the strongest arm. He's he because he's fucking at that age, a year and a half is a massive difference. So, I'm like, are you like, are you sure? Because I, I mean, he can play coach pitch again. We can put him on a different team. Um, I just don't want him to get discouraged because he's not going to be. I mean, some of these kids are a good bit bigger, they're stronger because they're freaking nine. And so, right. you know, I'm like, he's going into second grade and these kids are going into like fourth grade. Like it's a massive difference. So he's done well, man. And they had one day, their first scrimmage on Monday, he did pretty good. So I don't know. It's so far he, he's having fun and he's, and he's holding up he's holding on his own. He's not getting discouraged. He really wanted to well, pitch. That's good. Yeah, it is good. He he really wanted to pitch, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, you know, buddy. If it's okay if you don't, um, if you don't pitch right now, it doesn't mean you'll never pitch. You just kind of understand that some of these kids are, you know, I don't know, five inches taller than you, and um, a year and a half older than you, and like it just, you know, just give it a minute. And and he's done right, great. Yeah, yeah. He does understand that, and he's just like, because he's not pitching, like he's not gonna pitch, and so. He's like, yeah, Dad. I don't think I'm gonna pitch after like like five or six practices. And I said, look, man, it's no, it's no problem. Like you're, you're still probably, you know, I think he's the starting second baseman ish. Maybe we don't really know. Uh-huh. Um, but he's gonna get plenty of playing time. And I'm like, look, man, that's all you can do. And maybe in the spring you'll continue to get bigger and stronger. And maybe the spring you can be a pitcher. If not, next year in the fall, like you'll still be eight. And so you, you've got plenty of time to be to do this stuff. And so it's been fun, man. Um, it's been intense. That's awesome though. Like it's, it's cool to see him succeeding, but it's also like, like he said, like he needs to curb his expectations a little bit because he is the youngest by far. He is. Yeah. You know, it's good. And he, and he, I was worried cause I, man, I was, he's always been younger. He's been moved up. He's always the youngest on his team. He's been the youngest on his team for three, three, four, four seasons, so two years. Um, oh, dang, yeah. And it's like I was looking forward to him being an 8U kid pitch or coach pitch and actually being eight and, like, you know, being one of the – maybe one of the more older kids. And Right. 
So when he called, I, that's what I talked to him about. I'm like, man, yeah, I don't – I mean, I think the coach is awesome, and he's just good at coaching and teaching baseball. And that was my – I wanted him to stay with him. So I asked Steven. I was like, well, I mean, do you want to go up and you can play in kid pitch and, you know, but there's going to be a lot more and you got to understand, like, you, you may not even start. You may not play second base. He's always played second. Right. I'm like, you may be in the outfield. You may not play a whole lot, at the, you know, the first for a little bit. I don't know. You're going to have to re-earn everything. Yep, and he's like, but "Yeah, no, I'm fine. Let's do it." That's good for him, though. To uh, it's going to make him a better baseball player. I mean, that he's he's pushing himself, and that he has to realize too. If if he is if he's on that level, if he's playing with those older kids, like he's just going to be that much better, right? And like, yeah. I like that. I think that's cool. Yeah, that's. So, I mean, that's good for him. The theory that you think it'd be good, I just didn't want. Uh, and I, I mean, he's a pretty he's an extremely optimistic kid. Um, Unlike me, and so he he has done fine. My worry was that he would just get like the pitching thing, like he would just get freaking frustrated and down, and like oh god, like I can't throw as far, I can't like. And I remember me, I always compared myself to others. This kid is like, he doesn't give two shits. He's just like, I'm pretty fucking, I'm pretty awesome. Like he's he's got amazing, whatever. He's got ten thousand times more self confidence than I did when I was seven years old. It is un. But like my my concern now is like I have to like hold him back and be like, hey man, you're not a professional, but like you don't you have a lot to learn. You need to be humble. It's good to be confident, but now you also should always come, you know, to practice that in with the mindset of you can get better. You're all you're right. here to improve. Yeah, I'm not saying you're bad. I'm just saying you need to always be like I can get I can always be better. Right. Um, so I don't know. It's it's he's doing okay. It's been fun. That's awesome. Well, I just wanted to throw in. Did you? Uh, sorry, this is a great uh, intersection here. To Segway throw this in here. Segway is the a word good you're segue. looking for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the Biden speech. Like <laughs> I, I know we're we're kind of getting we're getting a little bit low on time here. I just wanted to make sure we we touched on this. And I know we try not to be political, but holy freaking crap dude i don't care who would have given that speech if you would have put red lighting behind him with two marines standing there and then talk about the destruction of democracy and like blaming one political party for it oh yeah crazy right dude no it was insane um and i saw like look i I didn't listen and wasn't going to listen to the entire speech i've seen snippets I've seen bits and pieces, um, and I'm sure, like I listen and follow a lot of people who are conservative, uh, so I'm sure that you know they they're going to play these these clips that are more make him look more ridiculous. Which I don't know that that's possible, but look, I, so that's my discla- my disclaimer. But uh-huh. yes, the pictures yeah. are insane. Are there is not- a picture of him in it. It's a picture. The below it is a picture, a black and white picture of of uh, Hitler, and yeah. it is cr- very eerily similar. Um, I don't understand how you, like you said, dude. I don't really care. Like I liked, um, I liked Trump more than Biden. I wanted him to win. I voted for Trump, but. Um, I'm not, I didn't, I don't like it. Like I didn't want to be his friend. I just thought of the two, right. like, all right, that's definitely more 
I'm going to go that side. Um, but I don't give a shit. If right. Trump did that, oh. not only would CNN and the media be losing their minds, yep. I would 100% agree with them yep. that that's really creepy. It'd be like, whoa, whoa, what is going, what have, what have we done here? Like, this was a mistake. Yeah. We, <laughs> we need to get rid of this guy. Like, this is, this is insane. And dude, yeah. it's just, of course it's not, what's crazy to me is it's not anywhere. Like nobody other than like freaking Instagram, like yeah. Joe no Rogan shared it. it. And I saw multiple people comment like, wait, hold on. This isn't a meme. Are these real pictures? Like there were people who thought it was the whole thing was fake, like photoshopped, like the photos, the oh, red and yeah, black no, it's photos. Not. No, it's real. Yeah, I, I could not believe and the poor, the two poor Marines that were ordered to stand behind him. Like that was their job. Like they didn't volunteer to stand behind him. I'm pretty sure they were told you were going to stand here. Oh, of course. In your, in your class A's, and. Like, it was, it was very eerie and kind of scary. Like, when he, basically, you want to talk about someone dividing a country. Yeah. Like, you are taking target at one side of that, um, of America. You're taking, like, we're, we're, we're kind of broke down to three parties, right? Independent, de- Democrat, and Republican. And... To me, telling that like you you've ostracized at least a good half of the country, at least seventy four million people who voted for Trump, and you're telling them that they're the reason, and that they need to change their ways, and that the other party needs to take aim at them. Like, dude, that's insane. Yeah, I I I I could not believe that that was the United States. No, I agree, man. You're you're right. It's it's just it's so it's it's pathetic, to be honest. It's just it's pathetic for any leader to of the United States, a president to just go that hard in the paint and try and um I mean, I don't know. I don't understand what you're doing. Like you're that I don't feel like that's gonna help you win an election. I don't I don't care how you know, maybe the uber, uber crazy liberals, like, but I don't think, um, I, I don't think that it's, it's, uh, you're doing yourself any favors. Like, I think no, it's, a, dude. it's a big deal. And I think that most everybody that it doesn't matter, like that's anywhere near like neutral, or even if you were like, you're left leaning, but you're not like, Hey, I'm a socialist. And I believe all this crazy stuff. And please teach my children about, please tell my, teach my white children that they're racist by, because they're white. Um, right. Like, unless you're the super, super left radical, like dude, there's, there's no way that you don't look at that kind of stuff and listen to that speech and be like, yeah, this, this dude is the, we need to keep him here. This is the yeah, next, this I, is, this is a good thing. I, I, I honestly, I'm a little bit worried what the next step is. Like, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, man, it's scary. That's all I can say. And it, uh, it really threw me for a loop that they're willing to go that far. Um, but I agree. I think it's, it's sad. Um, speaking of going that far, um, what do you, uh, think about the uh, college tuition? 
Oh yeah. The, the fact that I didn't go to college and now I have to pay for somebody who couldn't pay their own student loan off. Yeah. I'm super excited about that. Uh, you should, uh, I feel like that's the reasonable response. Um, I don't, I don't care who the hell I, uh, I, I don't understand and I don't agree with, and I, I cannot, I've yet to hear any kind of argument that made sense that you should pay for someone's college. Dude, it makes no sense. Zero sense. So like if they're going to do that, like, okay, you took out a loan that you can't pay off. So we're going to pay it. What about the welders and the plumbers and the electricians and guys like me who worked in the oil field and I needed to buy a truck to get to my job? Are you going to pay a $10,000 loan on my truck? Of course not. No, of course not. Like, it's stupid that the government's even getting involved in the personal lives of people, right? It is not the government's job. If you make a bad decision, that's your fault, not mine, not your neighbors. 100%. Like, you you went in there, and if you can't pay off your college degree, then to me that means that you, you made a bad financial decision because the degree isn't worth the amount of money that you paid for it, right? Or you're not managing like, your money correctly. Or you yeah, didn't plan or, yeah, ahead. Or, that. or you didn't save or, your money. Right. Um, I think, you know, there's two things I, I saw. One that was, uh, it was Elizabeth Warren. It was a video of her on, uh, I believe, Twitter, Instagram. I have no idea. But, and it was awesome. And it was, oh no, it was on Facebook. It got shared around a lot. And it was a guy who wasn't being irate, wasn't wearing a MAGA hat, wasn't just being an idiot. Um, this dude is a, it was a grown ass man and he walks, he walked to her. It was kind of after one of her speeches, right? When this stuff is being, you know, explained and it came out and all this stuff. So he walks up to her and is calmly, it's just like, Hey, I have a concern about this. And she's like, okay. And he said, I, I am a, I don't know exactly what he was. Let's say he's a welder. It was a blue collar job. He's like, I do this for a living. I don't make a ton of money doing it. I worked double shifts to put my kids to, to save enough money to, so that I could help my kids pay for college. Right. I took out loans. I worked, continued to work and we've paid off those loans. I saved money for 15 years, knowing that my goal was to get her to go to college. She went to college. I had all this money saved because of that. Then I had, um, she worked a job in college and I worked and continued to work doubles until I could pay everything off. Do I get ten thousand dollars any of that money? She said, "Of course not." Oh, and he said, gosh. "So, um, so why am I being punished for being financially responsible, planning ahead, and working hard to make sure to help pay and and set this up for my daughter?" And she didn't have an answer. She's just like, well, that's just not how it, like, that's not what this is for or something. And he's like, he's like, well, so I'm being punished. Oh, she said, well, no, you're not being punished. And he's like, well, yes, I am. Because right. now not only am I going to, are you going to take some of my tax money to help pay for other kids college who weren't responsible enough to like make this thing financially work for them uh, or save their money or anything. Like not only I did all of that, I worked all those double shifts and you're saying that I don't get any of that, I don't, I'm not, we're not eligible for that money. And she's like, well, no. And he's like, so how does that make sense? Exactly. And she had no answer. I mean, he just, he basically was like, this is dumb. So he just walked away. Yeah. Uh, Cause you could tell he was getting frustrated. And yeah. that to me is, is 
probably the best example, one of the best examples of just like how insane that is, how little it makes sense. I have seen some people who are like, well, small businesses took money from the government um, and they did loan programs and forgiveness programs and money programs that the government gave to small businesses during COVID. Uh, yes, you are correct. Those, but there's an EIDL loan, which you'd have to pay back. Uh, they did do the PPP, which you did not have to pay back. The PPP was, um, the, the biggest difference is the government sh- made small businesses shut down in most parts of the country. So that would be like m- the government making you go to college and making you have a degree for no reason. That's not going to help you. And then you're like, okay, so I'm going to pay for this or are you going to pay for this? Cause this doesn't make any sense. The government right. didn't make you go to college. The government made these businesses, their livelihoods, made them shut down. They were not allowed to open back up. And so what the PPP did was it was an offer basically of like, hey, we'll give you some money so that you don't go out of business. Oh, and also we're, if one of the biggest reasons that made it forgivable to where you didn't have to pay it back was if you continued to keep your employees. So it meant like, uh-huh. hey, don't lay off everybody. Can, if you right. continue to pay them, even though you're not allowed to be open, we will help offset it. So that makes more, I don't, I really honestly they shouldn't have done it. They should just shouldn't have, they should have just let businesses stay open and right. take on their own risk. But the fact that they forced all these mom and pops, of course, not any of the big giant companies, but the mom and pop stores to shut down. Okay. Then, yeah, yep. you know, then I think that makes at least some logical sense of like, Hey, we made you shut down. So you couldn't run your business for a year. So here's some money to try to, so you can get back up on your feet. Like, right. That's still it's, money we didn't just, have. And we don't have this fucking loan money. We don't, it's just and insane. And it's why inflation's through the roof. And <laughs> exactly. It's so stupid, man. You think these kids, like, it, I don't know, man. I cannot believe. I saw a meme that said, like, I uh, had like a wheel of fortune and it said, I would like to buy a vote. And it was like a $10,000 loan forgiveness. Like, that's all you're doing is buying votes. Like, it's, it's, Absolutely it's what you're trying insane. to do, but I think that yeah. again, just like the creepy speech, you're pushing off anyone that's in the middle that that's maybe true. voted Democrat. You are, I mean, I think the road versus way thing was a big deal. And from, and I'm not a political scientist, but a lot of people, including Ben Shapiro and some people that I think are pretty intelligent when it comes to like politics, mm-hmm. they said that that could be a huge problem for the Republicans to win. Because right. it was just such a backlash. Well, man, I, it's like they're doing everything they can now to like overcome Rover's way by doing a Nazi speech. They're giving away, <laughs> dude. I think the student loan thing. I do not think most people, except for your your super far left, your your uh, borderline socialist younger people, thought that that was a good idea. Dude, you're losing right. like your forty year old. Hey, I'm a Democrat. I hated Trump. I thought he was an idiot. Not real wild about Biden. But I think he was better than he was a better option. Now you're losing that person that's in the kind of on the middle, but they're I mean, you know, they're they're a Democrat, but they're like, wait, hold on. What the fuck? <laughs> why am I paying for your loan? Like why are you why do you look like Hitler right now? Like just Dude, that was this stuff ins- is creepy. This so. is super creepy. But well, sir, I think on that note, we'll uh if if uh if the world hasn't ended, uh I'll see you next week. 
Yeah, man. Uh, again, want to thank our sponsor, Coach P Consulting. And um, we will come back to you. Um, probably should have put this in the front of the format, <laughs> the thing, because nobody's listening at this point. Um, right. We're going to do this once a month now. We're not going to do it weekly. With our schedules in life, it's just gotten to be too burdensome. So we're going to do longer episodes, but it'll be once a month so you can digest this this giant piece of garbage um, over a month, and then we'll, <laughs> we'll try to do another one. All right? All right, man. We'll see you later, bud. All right. Adios. All right. End it. Drop it. Send it. This has been the Beyond Our Service podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, review, tell your friends all about us. This show can be found everywhere major podcasts are available. And if you'd like to reach out, please head over to beyondourservice.com and let us know what you think or find out how you can be a part of the show. See you next time.